This is the Heart of Singing podcast, the place where passionate singers and vocal coaches of many different styles will share their passion about the wonderful art of singing and making a career with their voices. I'm your host, Henry Crescini. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Heart of Singing podcast. I am Henry Crescini. I am your host. I am myself a passionate singer, and that's why I decided to do this new podcast. This is by now the third podcast I have done. I had a podcast called Henry Talks About, where I talked about a different topic every week. I had no overarching topic, so I just I did like a blog, like I, I talked every week about whatever came to me, including singing, including music and including spirituality. And at some point I put an end to it after 101 episodes. And then I moved on. I started another podcast, which is called The Power of Creation. And that still exists. And in that podcast, I touch on topics about spirituality, um, religions, beliefs, and so on. And then I felt the need to keep doing something about uh, music. And since I am a singer myself and I'm very passionate about music, and I decided, well, I'm going to try another topic, which is the one of singing. And the thing is the motivation. The first motivation is that Whenever I hear an interview with a singer, I seldom hear singers being asked about their singing as such, about uh, how they develop their voices, about how they keep their voices, um, how they, uh, yeah, how they go about the art of singing as such. What motivated them to be singers? What was the path to become professional singers? There is this, um, we could call it mis misconception, or maybe it's just a, an understanding that uh, singers just open their mouth and they sing. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it, but it's not just that. And there are many singers who don't talk about it, but they actually work on their voices in order to develop that technique that allows them to deliver night after night after night especially, well, touring musicians, of course. And it's, it's not self-evident. If you're a singer, you know that you have to do something about your instrument, which is your own voice. It's an instrument that is organic. So it's not the same as being a guitarist. I also play guitar. You can see my guitars over there. And a bass guitar is also there. And um, I also play guitar. Like I said, it was my first instrument, actually. And it's not the same as being a guitarist, where a guitarist can, yeah, of course, learn the techniques. There are many self-taught guitarists that are amazing. and But it's a different understanding. And then about singers, well, you expect them to just be able to sing. If they're either able or not, and then boom, that's it. And uh, talent shows have done, my opinion, I respect uh, everyone who likes uh, talent shows. I'm talking about uh, the uh, X Factor or the Super Talent or whatever you call it, um, The Voice. All these shows have, haven't helped really to the cause of singing because they project an image of 
having to do all these uh, vocal acrobatics in order to be a, a good singer. And then just, you, you just go there and you do all these acrobatics and then you're either good or not. And then you get the coaching. But actually, it's better if you get the coaching beforehand uh, anyway. And some do. Some of these participants do. So anyway, that was the motivation. I thought, well, I would like to know more about singers I admire and uh, what uh, what was the impulse for them to become singers and uh, how they go about their singing, how they take care of their voices and all these things. And that's why I'm here now starting this podcast and uh, I plan to have a different interview every time with a different singer and I'm not going to be based upon uh, any particular style. I myself, I love uh, rock music. I like metal music, but I also like singer-songwriters, uh, folk, acoustic, new age music, um, new wave, <laughs> 80s new wave. I love it. And uh, all, all these many different styles. And I would like to interview different singers and also vocal coaches who can provide with a lot of insight about the art of singing and about uh, the limitations that many singers face when they get started. And uh, something comes to my mind, something I have read or heard Axel Rose say in an interview where he said that um, when he was on tour with Guns N' Roses back in the 80s and 90s, and they toured a lot, and, and I mean, he had a voice, a very, very special voice. And he said it was uncool to do vocal warm-ups, you know, to sing scales. Ah, that, that was considered uncool. So his bandmates, yeah, were like, I guess, I guess drinking, smoking, and all this stuff. And But he, if he would try to do warm-ups, then it would be uncool. On the other hand, I can imagine Axel Rose being the bossy guy. <laughs> he probably is saying, uh, yeah, whatever, I'm going to do my exercises anyway. But I think that wasn't the case. And there's a reason why he hasn't been able to keep his voice in shape. Sometimes he have gotten it back to such an extent, like when he toured with ACDC. But anyway, this is only one example. And there are many, many singers who don't talk about it. So I, I would like to get a hold of those who do talk about it. And even those who would say, whatever, I don't think about it. I just open my mouth and sing. That's also fine. Because there is something called natural talent that exists. And because we all have this ability. And some of us have had to work harder in order to develop it. But this ability is there. I mean, we can produce sound. We have the vocal cords. We have a voice. We have um, an apparatus in our bodies that produces sound. So we have all this ability. And we all are born with the proper breathing technique. And this gets forgotten. My One of my vocal coaches, and well, my main vocal coach, actually, the one I, ha I have worked with the most, Jamie Vendera, who I will interview for the podcast as well, he always says, you never hear a baby crying and, and screaming and screaming and then saying, oh, I lost my voice. No, never happens. They, they, can, they can scream all night or during the whole duration of a flight, whatever. And they don't lose their voices because they are supporting here, right here. So that's the way it goes. And then 
I thought, well, that would be the topic of a new podcast for me. So that's it. That's the motivation for the Heart of Singing podcast. And now I will tell you a little bit about me because I'm the host and uh, I will be the one conducting the interviews. So it won't be very much about my stuff. So I will use this episode to tell you about me, my singing and my motivation to become a singer. Uh, the thing is, I grew up in a very musical family. I had an uncle who would sing and play guitar with different bands, rock bands, but he was also into opera and, um, and into kind of ballads. So, and he had a great voice. So that, that was a model to me. I, I saw him singing and on the other hand, he wasn't really that uh, disciplinate, disciplinated when it came to singing. And when he went into the high notes, he would do it from his chest voice all the time. So he would get very red in the face and he would hit those notes, but he was struggling. And I thought that was the right way to do it. And I saw other singers on TV from many different styles of music because my grandparents would listen to Spanish uh, ballads or Latin American ballads and there were great singers there and you saw them singing effortlessly <laughs> and hitting those high notes effortlessly and you will be like wow so you so you grew, grew up with this misconception that this is, these are freaks of nature or these are people who only have this talent and if you don't have it then it's not for you so I, I was also singing along to stuff that I heard as a child uh, being the Beatles, uh, well, I tried to figure out the lyrics somehow because <laughs> um, I didn't have any lyric shit. Then I, I also had a, an album by Styx, or my mom had it, somebody in the family had it. Styx Kilroy was here. I always say that was my first English teacher because uh, you could open the album, there was an LP, and then you would have the whole lyrics, and then I, I learned them by heart. By heart with a big dictionary, English-Spanish dictionary. Oh, because I forgot to mention, my native language is Spanish. And uh, I was born in Venezuela. I grew up there. And I am a German citizen. I live in Germany for almost 13 years now. So I speak these three languages, Spanish, English, and German. As a child, well, I, I was uh, speaking Spanish, but trying to understand these English lyrics from rock music that I liked so much. So I tried to sing along to Sticks, to the Beatles, then came Pink Floyd and Rush. And, um, and I always thought I had a teeth voice because going into the high notes looked to me like struggle. And I wouldn't even try it uh, as a young man. So at some point I, I thought singing wasn't really my stuff. Or whenever I tried, I just had a very limited range that was kind of low baritone. And I started playing guitar instead. Um, long story short, I'm a teenager and I went to, with my best friend from high school to a heavy metal concert from a heavy metal singer, a Venezuelan heavy metal singer. And we thought, okay, we have to make a band as well. But I didn't dare being the singer, so I asked him to be the singer. And he did. And he was also the self self-talked, 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 sorry. And he just 
opened his mouth and these sounds came about and came out and uh, he had the kind of voice and the kind of register that this heavy metal singer from Venezuela also has. So it was like, yeah, yeah, you have the kind of voice uh, I would like to have in my band. So I, I was the one writing the songs, playing the guitar, writing the lyrics for him to sing. Uh, so I sang them to him in my limited range and then he would sing them the way I wanted them to sound with a sort of aggressive heavy metal sound. Um, yeah, I, I made some attempts at singing and they, they weren't really that good. Then he uh, came across this uh, local musician in Caracas, in the capital of Venezuela, who was also playing with bands and singing. And he offered him, he offered my friend to be his vocal coach and to take his first singing lessons. And so I went with him. I came along because I, th I said, it wouldn't be bad for me to take vocal uh, lessons as well because I would like to do the walking vocals. I was doing the backing vocals anyway. In this band, by, this, by the way, this band never saw the light. <laughs> we, we never left the rehearsing rooms. But anyway, and I wanted to do the backing vocals with proper technique. So we both took vocal lessons with this guy. I eventually ended up playing with that guy in another band, but that's another story. And um, in any case, we both took some lessons with him. Uh, I think my, my friend grasped the concepts a little bit better than I did. And uh, he had a good, very good support. And well, we did it for a while. At, at some point, I, uh, we both gave up with this band because we could never get it right to sound the way we liked it or to find the musicians that we wanted to have. So we split and I started playing with other bands. So I was just guitarist. And then came this man again, who was the vocal coach. He called me up one day that he wanted to form a new band um, with another fellow who plays drums. And it would be the three of us. And he would be bassist and singer, but he would also trade guitar and bass with me. And I was fine about it. So we tried it. We started rehearsing. And as usual, you try also some covers. And the thing is, his English was catastrophe or not existing. And my, uh, my English was very good. So I started singing covers in English and he would coach me. I would, I would sing Born to be Wild and have this creed in my voice and um, or many other uh, songs in English. And he would sing the ones in Spanish <laughs> and his own songs. He, he wrote songs in Spanish. So we we played them. And that was a, a first attempt with this band. We only had one gig and then he left the band and my, and the drummer and I remained together and formed a new band, a progressive rock band called Eternal Sum. And then I thought about my old high school friend to bring him along to be the singer of this new progressive rock band. And uh, I also found an, a, ba a bass player in another band I was playing guitar with, because at some point in my career, I don't know how I made it, but at some point I was playing in three bands at the same time, including a death metal band. I was playing rhythm guitar. I, I did it for a few months only because I, I, did, I did like the style, I just didn't like the people. <laughs> so 
um, we got together with my friend, and but the chemistry wasn't really there. And the drummer said to me, "You already sing in English. You should be the singer." And I was like, "Okay, I will try it." I did it reluctantly, to be honest with you. So we were uh, a three-piece band again with this bass player that I got. I wanted to have a keyboard player, but it was extremely difficult to find a proper one. So we started gigging like that with mixed results. Me being the singer, that was really mixed results. I had a lot of backlash, but some people liked it, my voice. Um, I was taking vocal lessons again, this time with a, in a group with a lady that unfortunately couldn't help me either with my voice. She couldn't understand what I wanted to do. She didn't understand the kind of music that I was playing and she didn't help me find my head voice. So I was still limited in my range. Still, I did the best that I could and I played with this band for three years and then we split because uh, the bass player left the country and uh, we kind of we wanted to find a new bass player but it kind of yeah didn't go anywhere we we made a few attempts like now and then to reform the band and um, i know i i recorded some vocals in one take for a demo that we made that we recorded as a rehearsal but then i recorded the vocals afterwards in one take and it wasn't really that good <laughs> um, because I, I wasn't in shape anymore so anyway, I started playing with other bands, just playing guitar and singing backing vocals in one of them. And then the last band I played before I moved out of the country and I came to Germany, I was only playing guitar. Uh, there was no space for backing vocals of mine in this band. So I didn't sing any vocals and I just played guitar and I kind of lost it. Then I came to Germany and here I found... Uh, I came to study, to do a master's study at the university in the city where I live, which is called Cottbus, the east part of Germany, near the Polish border almost, and near Berlin. And uh, there was this Russian guy who approached me because uh, he thought I looked like a musician. I, I had very long hair. And um, he asked me if I play guitar. I said, yes, I do play guitar. Well, he saw that I have a long fingernails on my right hand right hand she used for the finger picking and he's uh, and he said he also plays guitar and uh, piano and he writes songs so we get together and we made a duet a duo and we started playing around here in in this city and covering songs by the beatles and doing um, two voice kind of singing and um, well, I, I found the joy in singing again, but my technique wasn't there either. Still, I had a, a, with, with some songs I was struggling, like eight days, eight days a week was a struggle. And uh, I had had pain in my throat, so I knew something was wrong. And he wasn't all, uh, disciplined when it came to, to singing either. So we just got together and played. And then we started playing song, original songs, songs of his and songs of mine. And we would support each other with the arrangements of our uh, songs. 
So we did that a couple of times, yeah, you know, university parties and, and so on. And people liked it. People liked the way our voices harmonized. And then I was the one who was singing higher because he, he, also, he also has a, a low voice. So he would be the baritone and I would be the tenor, kind of. Then I got a hold of a singing program. At some point, my friend, uh, the Russian guy, Dimitri, he left the city of Cottbus. He went to work elsewhere. So I decided to go solo. And I started doing my first solo gigs, just my songs, me with an acoustic guitar, the most simple setting. I bought a loop pedal so I could um, play solos on top of the... Uh, rhythm that I would sample and then I started learning proper singing and I got a hold of a program called Singing Success by a, by a vocal coach called Brett Manning in the US. Maybe I get, I get an interview with him for this podcast, who knows? I will ask him and I like that very much. Um, it was the first time I discovered my head voice thanks to this program. Uh, it, it was like a, a word opened to me. The first time I, I, I felt I was singing high without effort was like, wow, wow, that sound came from me. But still, it wasn't quite right because I, I, I had this, what I, what I learned from my uncle, from watching my uncle sing, uh, was still there. So I, I was hitting higher notes than ever before, but still struggling with the chest. So uh, and kind of trying to find the mix and trying to go into my head voice was still a struggle. Um, and then came came Jamie Vendera, who will be also a guest in this podcast. Jamie Vendera, I found him because um, I am a big fan of a band called Dream Theater. I'm a big fan of their singer, James Labrie. And he mentioned Jamie Vendura in an interview. You know, James Labrie, maybe I will get a hold of him, who knows. James Labrie had um, an accident where he tore his vocal cords through uh, food poisoning, through vomiting after a, a severe food poisoning. And uh, he had years and years of struggle with his vocal cords. And one of the vocal coaches that helped him to regain his uh, ability was Jamie Vendera. And I looked up this guy, Jamie Vendera, and I found him on Facebook and I found his uh, Facebook group. So I joined, I bought his program and uh, I've never regretted it. This is no advertisement for Jamie. I mean, there are tons of vocal coaches, tons of programs that are amazing, that are highly effective. And I hope I can get a hold of many of these vocal coaches for this podcast. But anyway, um, I started training with this program by Jamie and it started really, really opening up my placement, my proper placement and um, going into my head voice with less effort. It became so easy for me that people started to realize I sing high. And uh, it became it also became too high for some people. <laughs> so it would be like, oh, you also sing, you always sing so high. Why, why don't you sing a bit lower? And, okay, because I can sing higher. <laughs> then I, my, my goal was to be able to sing higher and higher and higher, like all those guys I've heard. Uh, I haven't mentioned my favorite singers yet. I will get to it. So um, 
I kept working with this program. I have kept working with this program since then, since 2013. We have the year 2021 now, so I'm writing this. I have had my ups and downs in terms of discipline and so on. Um, but I have met Jamie personally twice. He's in the U.S., but he came to Poland for workshops twice. And I went to Poland and met him personally. I had uh, the big uh, opportunity and privilege to work with him one-on-one a couple times. Personally in Poland and also via Skype. He's a great vocal coach and I'm, I look forward to interviewing him for this podcast. I, I did interview him for my first podcast Henry Talks About. If you would like to check that out, uh, just look up Henry Talks About Jamie Vendera. And then you will find that interview is a two-part interview, which was very, very cool, not just for, for the topics of singing. So anyway, um, I kept singing solo, playing solo gigs here in Cottbus and around. And um, at some point I missed being part of a band. So I joined a band and uh, then the band director uh, liked the fact that I could sing high because he used to have a female singer before or two female singers actually who would sing uh, uh, together. Um, but we discovered that my low voice also has something that uh, he liked that was special for the sound of the band. So we brought a female singer and uh, we were together with her, with my lower voice and her high voice. And it was kind of cool. We we did an album together and um, we started working, working on the second album uh, while she left the band. And I started exploring more of my singing. I started growling for the first time. And that's still that's still a topic I think we will discuss in other episodes, the, the technique of growling. I got the program The Scent of Screaming by Melissa Cross, a very uh, well-known vocal coach who specializes in this kind of singing. But the principles she teaches are the same principles that every serious vocal coach teaches. So she's great. I, I, I have done some of, of her exercises and then I growled on two songs with this band, songs that would have been in the second album. I was able to do it very well in, in the studio to record, but the two times I did it live, I, I sucked. Because uh, it's a whole new discipline and uh, I wasn't really that ready and... Uh, Whatever reason, I think I did my best. It wasn't really that good, but and um, then I left the band before we actually had the second album ready, and I decided I wanted to really focus on my own stuff. By the time I'm recording this in February 2021, I am also working on my first solo EP, which will be five songs in an acoustic vein. And you will hear in this, in this EP, you will hear my low range, my high range. I sing most of the songs in like a, my mid range, like yeah, like the kind of voice I use for speaking would be the voice I use for singing. But then you will hear some harmonies that go very low and very high. And I'm not doing it to show off. I just do it because it feels natural when I'm, when I'm recording it, when I'm arranging the songs. So I will leave the 
the link for my Bandcamp page here in the show notes or here in the video description if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, well, that's pretty much it. My favorite singers are, well, Freddie Mercury. I think that that's a no-brainer because he was one of the most amazing singers ever, 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 ever. I mean, like uh, one of a kind voice, and uh, and even such a guy like Freddie Mercury would never sing live the same way he sang in the studio. He, he also had a lot of struggles. He also was not the most disciplined singer. He said it in interviews himself. He was like, "Well, I, I just want to have fun. If I want to smoke and have a beer, then I do. That's fine." He was privileged. He was a, he had this um, very natural kind of voice. And the resonance with his big teeth also helped with that. So that's one. Um, Paul McCartney. I love the Beatles. And I love Paul McCartney's voice. I think it's also one of a kind. Each one of them has or had one of a kind kind of voice. So I also love John and George. And even Ringo has something special in his voice. But Paul McCartney is like my, my very favorite of the Beatles. And um, there is also a James Labrie, which I mentioned, of Dream Theater. And um, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson is my favorite heavy metal singer. I love Iron Maiden. And uh, he's amazing. And he, and he has been delivering for years and years and years and years and years. And he survived um, throat cancer. And there he is. So that's also one of my most favorite singers. And um, on the lower range, I, I love Jim Morrison. I think Jim Morrison was a very gifted singer. And uh, he was a natural. He was somebody who would sing just because he wanted to. It, it was his songs. More, most, of, most of the songs were his own lyrics, not all. You know, Robbie Krieger wrote some of the lyrics as well, like Light like, like My Fire. But Jim gave it this kind of very special sound that the Doors had. So Jim Morrison would be one. Uh, Michael Eckerfeld. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it in Swedish. I'm sorry. Eckerfeld uh, of the band Opeth. That's an amazing singer. He His baritone voice is it's beautiful. And then when he growls, it's like, oh my God, the devil got loose. So those, those are some of the... Oh, and Michael Sadler of Saga. So, so um, a Brock, Brock band. I love that guy's voice. He has kept the same voice for over 30 years. He has been going strong. The band has never stopped touring and recording albums, and he has delivered every single time. I hope I can get a hold of him for the podcast. Another one would be Ray Wilson. If you know Genesis, you know that there was Peter Gabriel. Then came Phil Collins. And then they got uh, one album without any of these two major singers, which was the time when Phil Collins left the band. And that was Ray Wilson, the singer, on the album Calling All Stations. If you only know that album, but you know the album got a lot of backlash, but many people liked it as well. And Ray is a great singer. And uh, if you don't know much about him, he has a very, very prolific solo career. He has released albums of great quality. A singer-songwriter or uh, a bit more in the rock vein, great albums. So that's, a, that's also a singer I would like to interview for the podcast. We'll see. 
So those are some names. I guess more names will come the more I talk in this podcast, the more I talk about singing, and the more when I interview people, I guess some names will come up. Like I mean, there are obvious names that I'm not mentioning right now. There are there are many many great singers out there. And um, that's why I want to do this podcast. That's, that's why I want to explore more of this side of music that uh, not many journalists talk about. It's the fact of being a singer, the discipline it takes, and um, who's, which singers do it in a disciplined manner, which singers don't. Uh, some probably don't need it as much as others. Well, we can argue about it. I think uh, it's better if all singers were were disciplined about their voices, about their instruments. Um, and I think many are indeed, but they just don't talk about it. But they don't get asked about it either. So that was the motivation for this podcast. And I think I have talked enough for this first episode. I uh, I thank you for tuning in, for listening and I hope you will enjoy this podcast with the um, upcoming episodes where I will have some guests. By the time I'm recording this first episode, I already have two interviews scheduled with singers from different styles. And I look very much forward to doing these interviews and to posting them. So all this being said, either if you are a singer or not, well, I tell you, Singing is a blessing. If you like to sing just for the sake of it, then sing for the sake of it. And if you only like to sing in the shower, then do it. Sing your heart out. Wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, just sing your heart out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you next time.